Today's guests invented an electronics product with no previous engineering experience and launched the product 15 months after having the initial idea. Since then, they've had great success selling direct to consumer and also appeared on Shark Tank. They also share how to connect with your consumers to generate powerful marketing content. You're going to love this interview. Are you looking for new ways to make your sales grow? You've tried other podcasts, but they don't seem to know. Harvest the growth potential of your product or service as we share stories and strategies that'll make your competitors nervous. Now, here's the host of the Harvest Growth Podcast, John LeClaire. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with the co-founders of Chubby Buttons. You're going to learn more about what that product is and their really cool origin story behind it as well. But I want to talk quickly about the founders. So Michael Cherkesian and Justin Barad are the found the co-founders of this product, this brand, Chubby Buttons, that's had a lot of success over the years. They've been friends for a long time. They can talk about that part of their story, their origin story as well, how this product came to be, what it is, and really how it helps you. And I know you're going to love this story. So first of all, Michael and Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thank you for having us. It's fun. So let's get into the product. So what is Chubby Buttons? And how does it work? Sure. Uh, Chubby Buttons is uh, the world's first wearable uh, Bluetooth remote for action sports. It is essentially, when you boil it down, it is a fat button remote control that you can strap onto your arm that has five big tactile buttons that are engineered to control the media functions of your smartphone while you're wearing gloved hands. Um, it has... There's no apps required to use the remote. It bonds seamlessly to any uh, tablet or smartphone that runs iOS and Android. It essentially is seen by your smartphone as a, uh, a Bluetooth keyboard, if you will. And so, uh, yeah, it's got five buttons on it, volume down, volume up, track reverse, track forward, and play in the center. Uh, and not only does it control those media functions, but it also handles phone calls, uh, you can pick up phone calls, uh, you can decline phone calls, uh, summon your digital assistant. Yep, you can summon uh, Google and, uh, and Siri. And it also, a nice little Easter egg that we like, it uh, functions as a selfie remote, yeah. which people really like. We, we want to just really create a simple tool that solves a common problem for skiers and snowboarders. That's where it really started, but uh, we'll get into that in a little bit more. Yeah, let's talk about the origin. So how originally did you come up with the idea? Uh, well, Actually, we'll go one, even before the idea. Justin and I have been best friends since we were in high school. We knew each other since we were 13. And so um, we would go on trips together with a bunch of our guy friends. And um, one year we went out to Colorado and we were skiing. And I love to listen to music when I ski. A lot of people love to listen to music when they ski and snowboard. But um, when I'd have my earbuds in and I'd have my phone in my pocket and I'd have my gloves on, there was a lot of friction with me taking my glove off, digging into my pocket, making sure I don't drop a pole off a chairlift. And after one or two runs, it's uh, it got a little bit annoying for me and for my friends. And he was literally stopping <laughs> at the top of every hill. And we were just like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, and he's like, yeah. he's like taking off his glove. He's like yeah. fishing for his phone. And I mean, it was, it was kind of, it was hilarious. It was, it was really funny. And then I, I remember we were on a channel. So I was like, I just wish we had a big fat button to control our phone. And um, I think that was like, we looked at each other. We had like a light bulb moment. It was a really funny moment. But the, the original idea on the chairlift was a 
big button, almost like a easy button from Staples that you could like slap on your helmet. And we thought about that. We were like, you know what? That might not look so cool on the yeah. slopes. And neither does big fat buttons sound pretty good. So we uh, did a little sketching and then we ended it up with chubby buttons. Yeah. We thought that was a great name for it. Right. Awesome. From that idea or inception of the idea to having it ready to ship, how long did that take? A long time. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, none of the uh, none of us were professionally, uh, I guess, technically trained in product development, mm-hmm. um, and we both were working full time. And so uh, one of the <laughs> one of the things that we're really good at is. I guess finding answers to to problems, right? And and it's today's day and age, you know, I don't know technically how to uh, code for Bluetooth. I don't really know. I didn't know at the time what the durometer of you know per- particular pieces of rubber means. I don't know how a printed circuit board is is created. However, there's this great you know resource we have on the internet where you can learn everything. And so we were determined on nights and weekends to figure out how do I make a thing, right? And there's no PDF online that tells you, here's how you make a thing. But we knew what we had to get to. We needed a prototype. And so we were working together. A design was mocked up. And then we kind of, once the visuals were there, we brought it to a mechanical engineer that turned it into a 3D printed prototype. And we had a piece of plastic. And we're like, all right, cool. That looks nice. And then we contacted someone that uh, was an electrical engineer and had a very bare bones version of the printed circuit board. And then we made a prototype. And then once we knew all the pieces necessary that were part of the BOM, the bill of materials, um, we then decided to find where they made those things in China. We literally got on the phone with tons of different people overseas that were LED manufacturers, button manufacturers, plastics manufacturers. And then we flew to China and we met them all um, on our on our Thanksgiving break. So we spent uh, spent a couple spent about two weeks there and met tons of different manufacturers. And I mean, this is the long story, but generally the the short answer to your question is, I would say from uh, from the from the idea to the first five thousand units that we brought over to the states was about probably a year and a half. Yeah. I think also the fact that it started out as a passion project was a good thing because if we gave ourselves a hard deadline, if it wasn't something that we loved, it may have frustrated us too much. But I think because we took the pressure off of ourselves and said, let's see what we can do. Let's create this because we love it. it. And because we were friends too, it became it was, it was not just the destination. It was like a journey too. So I think that made that length of time manageable. And because and, uh, I think with another product, it could have been really, really challenging there's um there's a lot of uh you know i talked to a lot of people that had made a thing you know i i I got in contact with some friends we had a good network of people here in new york and um spoke to a couple people that had spent tons of money just you know okay i have this idea i want to make this thing and they would spend i think their their budget was somewhere around like a hundred thousand dollars three hundred thousand dollars like three quarters of a million dollars i mean it was it was a lot of money that we you know, were like okay we got to do this a little differently and one of the things that we did with our process was we did it diligently we did it slowly but we never delegated any understanding so the reason why it took a little slower is because we didn't just reach out to a designer and say make us a thing 
We didn't reach out to a firmware developer and say, I wanted to do this, go. Or, you know, go. we didn't reach out to a, a, a box manufacturer and say, please make us a box. We spent time with all these people on the phone, late night phone calls, like tons of PowerPoints back and forth, in-person meetings, really, really trying to figure out how to communicate what we wanted. And, you know, the interesting thing is, I would say, almost despite all of that, a year and a half is actually a fairly fast timeline. You know, you talk to people in, in big companies, I've worked at, you know, Kraft Foods and OxyClean back in the day, and to bring out a new product, it, it can take years sometimes, even a simple one. And especially if you walk into it, not knowing what you're doing, as you guys said, right? You weren't engineers to start with, but you learned along the way. I like that you talked about the passion though, right? And that's a big difference, right? When you've got that passion, it makes the product better and it can make the journey faster. Uh, certainly yeah. ends up making your product something that, that people are going to want. If you love it, if you've got true passion behind it, so that's a, that's a great way to, to put it. Let's talk about uses of the product. So you've got, you mentioned, you know, it's mainly for, or was developed at least for action sports, skiing originally. What are other common uses you see your consumers using the product for? Yeah, sure. I, I think first, just within the, the sporting community, we, we had a very narrow vision initially. We said this will be something for skiers and snowboarders. And then one of our big surprises was when we started marketing it, that in the springtime, motorcyclists found their way to it. And that took us by a little bit of surprise. But then we, were, we thought it was funny that we didn't initially think of that ourselves. And then we realized mountain bikers and that there were all these other people across different sports that we're doing, you know, whether messenger bikers or electric vehicle, personal electronic vehicles. Um, and then started there. And then we realized also in the home, there's a great set of applications as well. So people could bring this into the kitchen, right? So I have a friend who's a chef and he would stick it onto the hood of his stove because when his hands were dirty, he didn't want to touch his phone. So he was able to knuckle the, uh, the device and be able to control his music, whether it's in even mothers when they were, taking their children into the bathroom and, you know, and doing things there. There are all these places in the home that seem to be applications. People have taken them into their airplanes as well. And we have a whole list of other places that we are excited to bring this. It's just, um, you know, we got to take one bite at a time. One of the features that we didn't mention before, because uh, they weren't specifically uh, pertaining to the buttons uh, function, but on the back of the device, there is a, uh, a, a material called nanostick. Uh, it's a very similar to what we might have heard as the goat case, the greatest of all time phone case, but it's a it's a non-adhesive backing that when you touch it, it doesn't feel sticky at all. But when you look closer with a microscope, it's got thousands of tiny suction cups. And so it adheres to non-porous surfaces like mirrors or tops of, of hoods uh, of an oven, uh, uh, for example. So that's where the home use comes in. You take off the the, the armband from your outside, yeah. you can stick it onto a mirror, you can stick it onto like a shower. People use it to control their podcasts, you know, when, when they're in the shower, sing along to different tunes. Yeah, and so yeah. we have a use case in there as well. So it really, it grew out from an action sports product to, you know, this is really cool around the home. And like Mike mentioned, we've been getting, uh, we would get reviews sent in. I, I He handles all of social media I do all customer service, uh, every email that comes in. Mm -hmm. And people are sending us pictures. Some guy put it on the, is it, is it like the heads up display or like the, uh, of, his, of, his, of his private plane or something like that? And <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, we're, we're in a plane now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. someone was in the jet ski, mm -hmm. someone put it in a sailboat. Yeah. I mean, it was all over the place and we couldn't believe all these different use cases. I mean, yeah. we made the thing 
because we wanted one. We just had a problem that we wanted to solve. We had no idea that like this would be useful for tons of people. Right. And it's, it's that's actually one of the more exciting things too, because I get to see on social media when people write it and then they say, oh my gosh, this product does exist. And, <laughs> and they tag their friends and their friends say, this is something that we were, remember we were saying this, we should have something like Everybody this. Everybody says, I thought of that idea. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sure you hear all the time. Yeah. But sure. But, but they send in pictures too, which is really exciting. It makes my job for, for handling social media pretty easy because they send photos all the time about like, oh, look what I was able to do with Chubby Buttons. I rigged it onto my motorcycle. I put it into my, onto my jet ski, or this is something that I use in another use case. So it, it, there's a really nice enthusiasm from our customers and it just, that's just very validating, right? It's very validating. Absolutely. Right. So many people like. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's such a powerful tool to use UGC or user generated content, right? The marketing terminology for it in marketing campaigns now. And oftentimes, you know, we go out, we find the, the influencers, the consumers, whatever, send them samples, have them use it, send us photos, videos, et cetera. It's so much more powerful when you have that connection directly with your audience, like you guys are talking about. When they love the product, when they show real uses, some of them surprising you. So that connection, if you can get that with your audience, can give you endless streams of content, no matter what your product is, because it's real passion, right? So they're sharing your passion, not just doing a marketing message, which can also work. We do a lot of it, right? UGC is great. But but if you can get that real connection, that much better. That's true. What would you say is that was the first big success for your business? I think selling out of our first 5,000 units uh, probably was, was really great. Um, but uh, there, you know, that, that was a great milestone. That was a good yes. one. I think also when we were, we were in a gift bag for the X Games, and that was really exciting too. Because oh, cool. That felt really validating because like the, that organization recognized that our product was something that would resonate with professional athletes that are doing sport. Yeah. That, I think that felt very exciting. And of course... You know, and most recently, um, getting you know just participating on Shark Tank—that was obviously again another big place of validation. So we're, we're we still think we're just getting started. I have a uh, I have a cool story about that as well. Uh, it's it's a bit of a I guess it's a humble brag in a sense because it was it was a glitch that ended up becoming you know something kind of fun. But it was a situation where you know we had just iterated and produced our, our second version of our product. We were selling Chubby Buttons 1 in the beginning. And then just like most companies where you hear the complaints, you hear what, what's, what's working, what's not working. And then we developed uh, the second version. And that's the one that's being sold today. We no longer sell Chubby Buttons 1. But upon release of CB2, um, we had an issue with the firmware. And actually, we learned that uh, it wasn't working with some Android devices. Not all Android devices, just wasn't working with a good number of them, a particular smartphone. And here we were, they were all out, out in the field. They were all out, out in, the, you know, in the market and there was an issue. Fortunately, what we had done is we did something really smart. When uh, we released the product, we had this little uh, ticket, I guess that's uh, a serial number that's on the back of every box. Mm-hmm. And it says, register your product, enter a chance to win an Amazon gift card. I think it's like 250 bucks. And it was the smartest thing we've ever done because we have tons of people that are registering their products that are you know, now also answering all these questions for us, including, would you ever want to be a beta tester for a future firmware rollout? And fortunately, with the second version, we were able to update the firmware over the air. 
And so we were able to collect this army of beta testers within 24 hours. I got over 300 people that were willing to test this firmware that was going to fix the problem. And all of them were just gung-ho about it because we had them, had them at the right. I didn't have to hire a marketing team or anything like that. I had actual users. It was so cool just to talk to my users that were really excited to help us solve this problem. And within two weeks, we'd actually solved it, rolled out a new firmware update. And that was, that, was a, that was a really big success. Yeah. And it's just nice also getting pressed by a lot of these, you know, premier publications. We were in Ski Magazine. That was a big hit. And so I think when you, it kind of feels when we were this garage band tech company (laughs) and now we're getting recognition from Ski Magazine and that's very validating. That's cool. Yeah, I love the, the term you keep using is validation. And, you know, oftentimes as marketers, we need that, right? So you've got the passion. You know, it's a great idea for you. It's great to hear that real consumers out there also love it, right? In many different ways, whether it's a publication or success with with customers or the fact that they respond so quickly when you have a need, right? For beta testing, that's, that's fantastic. So you guys, you know, you mentioned how you, this is your first time launching a product, right? You're new, you were new to this. You've had great success with it so far. What are some resources or what is maybe our resources that, that resource that you'd recommend for our audience that's been really helpful to you guys? I have one answer and it's just, it's what our entire company was built upon. Uh, it's Upwork. I mean, Upwork <laughs> is the reason why Chubby Buttons exists. I mean, there is no way you can build a nimble team of people around the world that are masters of their trade that are willing to work with you I mean, for a good price. I mean, we assembled a team of mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, uh, box designers. I mean, you name it. We found them through Upwork and graphic designers as well. And it wasn't just the first one that we spoke to. I mean, one of the things we pride ourselves on is our ability to kind of suss out good relationships. And we found really great people that are still part of the team today, uh, almost like kind of just part of the group. So, I mean, I, I would say Upwork was invaluable uh, for, for our growth. That's a great resource. I, I'll second that, you know, no matter what business you're in, whether you need marketing help, designing a logo, packaging, engineering, et cetera, we've had great success. Like anything else, you have to vet it, but there are amazing resources on there and the prices can be very inexpensive, especially when you're starting off with a new business, but even as you grow, for sure, that's a, that's a great answer. Is there anything I didn't ask that you think would be helpful for our audience? Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the, uh, just the process for getting um, the, the Shark Tank application? I know that a lot of your... That'd be great, yeah. A lot of people have that question. Um, there's, there are some things that we can talk about and we can have, share with our experience. Or, and just also, full disclaimer, you know, there are things that we just can't talk about. Of course. Because, um, you know, what we can say is it, it was a ex- very exciting process. Um, we prepared extensively for it. And, and, from what we did, um, as far as when the process began to what we, you know, we appeared, it was many, many months. Um, and so we really made sure that everything we did through every step of the way, we did it the best we could. We want to make all parts of the application extremely professional so that anytime we delivered anything to them in that process, we delivered the best. We never, like we were saying before earlier, we, we were so proud of ourselves because there was not one part of that application that we phoned in and throughout that process that we phoned in. And um, I think it kind of paid off in the end. And some of the other things that I, you know, we worked really, really hard at that entire experience. And um, 
from our, I think our preparation was something that um, I, I look back at and was what helped make that episode be a good episode. Um, we created flashcards. We download. We 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 researched the top 100 most common questions on Shark Tank. We watched every single watched every episode, episode ever made, <laughs> and we all like we sat there for hours and hours yeah. and took a tally of the questions that they asked and how many times they yeah. repeated them, making them the most commonly asked questions. <laughs> and then we even made like a heat map of certain of certain companies and what they came in when they asked for, what they left with, if they made a deal. Did they cry or not? You know, like all these little things that were really helpful. And through all of our the episode watching, we came up with this, I think like 200 flashcard deck that we were drilling over and over and over yeah. again to this point where we even did like army drills the week beforehand because we were in California. So we're on the beach. It's like it running sprints, down yeah. doing sprints and push-ups so we didn't get a question right. right. I mean, it was so much fun. And and I think that for anyone that's going through that process, those you know really really making it making it fun is is important. Right. But it helped us see our business in a way we never were able to see it before. I mean, getting so intimately involved with your numbers and like in the history of how you came to get there was such a treat. Where it came to the point where even if we didn't get on the show, we were still grateful for the process of that of applying because it really makes you see how. How do you do it? You know, and because there's so many times in an entrepreneur's time, in an entrepreneur's life, where you just keep on looking forward. You can't, you can't look back. And so what we were able to do is look back and really kind of see what we did right, what we did wrong, what we could have done differently, and that helped us have a really honest experience in the show. And I'll just add the last thing: the sharks were fantastic. They were really rooting for all the entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think that's just something that. Um, anybody who would be going through that process should keep in the back of their mind that I think they really do want the entrepreneurs to win, even though it can seem They're really intense. nice. They're great. They're, really, they're fantastic people. Really, so. That's great. Thank you for sharing that behind the scenes. And I think it's great advice, whether it's Shark Tank or anything else. Preparation is so important. And I love how you guys talked about making it fun. It's a lot of work to prepare that way. What great value that was, I'm sure to you. And frankly, I'm sure you could sell your heat map and list of questions <laughs> as a PDF on some other website, maybe down the road. But uh, it's it's great advice for anybody preparing for any big meeting or big sales event, you know, whatever, or a trade show, whatever it might be, but go in prepared and you'll find success. Well, I want to thank both of you, Michael and Justin, for your time today. This has been awesome to hear your story. Such a cool product. I do encourage everyone, please check out Chubby Buttons. Dot io, or you can go find them on Amazon by searching for Chubby Buttons to see the product on either source, their website or on Amazon, at a minimum to, to, to support them and check out the product. Super cool idea. I love the additional concepts or uses you gave today. I think that's really, really helpful for me, for our audience too. Really exciting what you guys have done with this business. So thanks again for your time. Thanks, Aaron. This was great. A lot of fun. Thanks so much. Go to chubbybuttons.io to learn more. Also, be sure to check out harvestgrowth.com to see other episodes we've recorded. And if you like this episode and you want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your own business, please subscribe to our show. Or you can set up an appointment right from our website to speak directly with a member of the Harvest Growth team in a free consultation to learn the process that has worked for hundreds of businesses since 2007. 